You're listening to Mile High Insiders with Nick Kendall and Luke Patterson. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Now, it's time to find out what's going on behind the walls of UC Health Training Center. Breathe a little here to get everybody in. I know everybody's sorry about the the timing thing. Something kind of got thrown off there just a little bit. So appreciate all of you that have been in here early. Man, got a lot of comments and we got everybody in. So Luke, there you are, buddy. How are you doing? We're back, Carl. We're back. It's been a little bit, but the boys are back and the beers are beards are back rather and uh it's mhi tonight man i'm doing great the first week of broncos camp is officially in the books and carl we have got a lot to get to there's something about this quarterback battle going on here and starting to divide broncos country i got my wife and my kid in the other room watching twilight so while they're talking about team edward and team jacob it seems like broncos country's talking about team teddy and team drew oh, boy. Uh, we got to get to this man because it's it's starting to get divisive it's starting to get a little volatile on social media the most important thing ever but the good news is there's plenty of reasons to be optimistic optimistic if you're a, a member of broncos country yeah you know that, that's always the thing is if there's a negative play that means somebody had a positive play so it kind of depends how you want to look at it. You want to be optimistic. Hey, defense look really great. Or if you want to be negative about it, hey, this quarterback really stunk. Uh, we'll, we'll get into all that of maybe who didn't look as on point here today. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, it's fun. You know, it's it's just part of the the, the football conversation. And I, I'm a little tired of always having the quarterback conversation in the sense we've had it for five years now of who is going to be the Broncos quarterback. Maybe today. A young guy maybe emerged that he could become the the future at the position. I don't want to get too ahead of myself, obviously. Um, you know, it's it's what four practices in, plenty of football left to be played for both guys of who's going to win the job. But uh, but no, it is. It's just kind of fun conversation. It's just football, and I can't wait to talk with you about it all here today. I feel like we're going to have an Allen Iverson moment where we're just, we're talking about practice, <laughs> and that's all we have to go off on. But the good news, Broncos country. Football is back in the Mile High City. Football is back in the NFL. And we are just, what, we're weeks away from the regular season, Carl. Something that we need to be excited about. Something that we need to put all of our energy into. But before we get there, guys, this is the Mile High Insiders. You know him, you love him. He's Carl. You can find him on Tuesday nights with my other partner, Nick Kendall, building the Broncos. And the rest of our other podcast, you got the Dove Valley Deep Divers. You saw those guys last night on Friday. You got the Huddle Up Pod. That crew will be back tomorrow on Sunday, but the most important thing you guys can do for us is go over to milehighhuddle.com where we have the most up-to-date analysis and written content. You can find videos up there. Be sure to get on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcast as well, and look for the Huddle Up Pod. That's our mothership pod. You'll be able to find all of our other podcasts from there. And guys, be sure to get yourself some swag. Go to the Huddle Up Pod dot com store get yourself an mhi hat get yourself a building the broncos hat get yourself a coffee mug you got baby gators baby t-shirts onesies all kinds of good stuff man i'm always throwing my mhi swag around um gotten a few questions carl at at, uh uc health training center hey man what can i find a hat like that get to (laughs) huddleuppod.com and you can go ahead and get yourself a hat so here we go carl day four in the books now last time i checked four is an even number 
And mm-hmm. that's that's where I'm going to go ahead and try to stay even keeled today. I'm trying to stay even keeled all week. I'm trying to be like Teddy, I feel like, right? Not too high, not too low, not trying to have a bad show today. Something Teddy did have a bad practice. Yeah. But right now for me, Carl, it's 2-2. Two, two. I'm looking as, you know, the 50-50 battle. Coach Fangio said yesterday, I'm not seeing any separation, things of that nature. So the pads come on Tuesday. I'm sure Shell's Monday. As we just give a general synopsis of the week, where do you have the quarterback battle right now? Because it's really hard for me as I rush back home from UC Health Training Center. I'm trying to type up an article. Who won the day? That's hard, Carl, as you know, as you're pumping out articles as well. Because you got to try to get the whole synopsis of camp. You try to get all of the context. And I can't go back and rewatch film and say whether or not a tight end should have caught this ball or if the defensive lineman batted that ball, if that, you know, somehow hindered the quarterback. It's really hard to get a good grasp on how these guys are doing, at least when it comes to grading. Yeah, it it does. That's why you always love Senior Bowl. They film the practices and let you watch them afterwards. Yeah. The Broncos, the best they give you is <clears throat> their hour-long YouTube coverage where like they're zoomed in so you can see like three people, three players on screen and you get hardly anything and then you get the highlights at the end of the day. Uh, so you can't get much from that really. Uh, but right now, I, I would give a little bit of an edge to Drew Locke. I mean, like I said, okay. Teddy had a really crappy day today. Uh, <laughs> you know, when, when you throw three interceptions and an eight-pass series part of, of practice, you know, unfortunately with training camp, you have so many limited practices to make an impression on these coaches. So one really bad practice really puts you behind the eight ball with everybody else. It just gets amplified. And, uh, and Teddy could not have a day like this. He had to be steady. Teddy. He had to be that guy that every single day you're going, yep, he's doing exactly what we thought he was going to do. He's completing a high percentage of passes. And it sounded like, he completed the first eight passes of practice today mm-hmm. and was looking like, Hey, this is, he's doing his thing again. And then all of a sudden just kind of lost it there a little bit. Now, given two of the paths, two of the interceptions were tip passes. So some of that's not that he was inaccurate or that he made a bad decision. It's just a defensive lineman made a, a good play. McTelvin Ajim. That, mm. That's a, a name to kind of keep an eye on for uh a guy that could become something here in the future for the Broncos there at the defensive line. Uh, so, you know, like I said, you got to keep everything in perspective with, with how this kind of looks. But again, I, I will give the edge to Drew Locke because he's doing some of the things that I was hoping we would see from him. He was highly accurate today. I think he only had three passes that hit the ground. Two of them were drops. So getting that accuracy up there, making good decisions, not always having to do the, the hero ball down the field, even though he did have a highlight play to Cortland Sutton. So you like that you're seeing some of that balance now from Drew Locke. And I think maybe after his really bad day, Drew Locke kind of maybe went back and watched that film and said, I got to learn from Teddy. You know, maybe, maybe Teddy can teach me some things here. And, and so that's kind of nice to see that he's kind of going in that direction. Well, and the thing is, they're both going to need to do things that they are uncomfortable doing. For example, what do we know that Teddy loves to do? Teddy check down, whatever you want to call him. Um, Those are accurate passes, as you mentioned, eight for eight. Uh, What do we know that Drew Locke likes to do? He likes to use that arm, right, and throw deep and go after second stringers, third stringers. Parnell Motley having a 
abysmal first week of Broncos training camp. Hope the young man can recover. He's got his hands full with those Broncos wide receivers nonetheless. But yeah, man, there's there's nothing uh, nothing stopping me or my ego or anything like that from saying Drew Locke dominated today. I was not out there today. It was an invitation only, an alumni event kind of thing. But um, I've got Twitter, right? I've got friends. Yep. Believe it or not, Carl, I've got friends. What? And uh, yeah, I'm getting some texts <laughs> from them telling me and confirming the truth on Twitter uh, that Teddy had a bad day and Drew had a bad day uh, a couple days ago. So when I look at it, one bad practice for Drew, one bad practice for Teddy, they're pretty much evened out because a couple days ago, it took until the last possession in the red zone for Drew Locke to get a completion. Talk about a bad practice. Now, there yep. could have been a couple of interceptions in there as well, but coulda, woulda, shoulda, they weren't official. So before we get going too much longer, I want to say what's up to some folks that have been uh, waiting for us for a little bit. I know we had some scheduling conflicts and some weird timing and things of that nature, but Randy Foster in the house. I see you. He's saying Drew Locke won the day. Y'all tripping. We know that. We know Drew's in there, and I appreciate you joining MHI with Carl and, and I tonight. Kathy Lund, how are you? We've got Tim Durr, Chris. Uh, I saw Big E in here. Orange Crush. I actually got to meet Orange Crush, man. Got to meet nice. Orange Crush. Yeah, I've been able to meet some friends out there. Gage, shout out to Gage and Gavin down there at UC Health Training Center. If you see us down there, Carl will be down there next week. A little peek behind the curtain. Come <laughs> say hello. Uh, because this is really something that we're excited about. We put our heart and our soul into football, specifically the Denver Broncos. So, Carl, it's been super cool to be able to meet some of our MHH Super Chat superstars and our regular supporters and the people that give us the greatest gift in this life, their time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We always appreciate everyone tuning in and, and you know, spending an, an evening with us. You know, here it is Saturday evening. There's a lot of things you could be doing, and so we appreciate that you guys are taking the time to be with us. And uh, speaking of that, Mohammed Badri coming in here with a, a couple orange and blue hearts for us and a yeah. super chat. Really appreciate that and love the, the swag that you were talking about earlier. He's got it on right there in that mm. picture. So you can see mm. we can get you all decked out. I'm planning on getting a couple things for my boys when, when I head down south here pretty soon. And uh, they'll, okay. they'll be decked out. Okay, so so I got to ask it real quick as we talk about that, too. So as we start to run into some Broncos fans, I love meeting Broncos country because uh -huh. every year I see a new fan that's just gone all out, right? So everybody knows about mm -hmm. Mile High Profit. Everybody knows about, uh, right, Barrel Man, RIP, so the, the guys in the Yeti costumes and the pom-poms, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, I met a gentleman, Carl, a, a couple days ago who had legally changed his name to Elway, his middle name. And then he got some, he got some sort of tattoo on his tooth, a number yeah. seven. Um, nice. He has every ring of famer on his arm. I mean, these Bronco fans absolutely love their team yep. and they're sick of seeing their team lose Carl. It's that simple. Now I got an interesting text message from a former Bronco today, a good buddy of mine. And uh, he confirmed what everybody else confirmed. Drew had a great day. Teddy, not so much, but the shocking thing about that. Fans are booing uh, Teddy Bridgewater and cheering him when he's throwing these interceptions. Something that oh. I don't understand. I kind of mentioned that to my wife before the show started. Her mouth hit the floor and was like, yeah. are these Broncos fans or are we quarterback fans? It made me feel like we were in the Tebow era a little yeah. bit, Carl. Because last time I checked, Broncos country wants the team to win. And if Drew Locke and Teddy are really as close as they are in this quarterback competition, maybe that's a good thing for the Broncos and not this awful tragedy that we're making it out to be. 
Right. Yeah. You want both guys to be successful because that leads to success for the team. That That's what everybody cares about. Right. And, uh, and so having, uh, as Andrew Morrow says here with the 299 super chat, hashtag team Broncos greater than hashtag team drew <laughs> and team Teddy. Yeah. No, th- that's exactly right. Um, uh, you know, players come and go. Thank you, Andrew. It- it's just that that's the reality of, of football. Some of them are here for a longer period of time. Guys like Von Miller, Brandon McManus, you know, that have been here for quite a few years. That, that's great. And you got to love those players. But there's a time that eventually they move on, too. Yeah. And uh, and so it's always about, you know, that the symbol on the, the helmet, the oh, this way, you know, the, the words <laughs> on the hat here of, of Broncos. My bad. Right. My, my camera's reversed on on me here. But uh, but no, it is. It's about the Broncos and whoever wins the job. You hope that they out they go out there and earn it to the point like they go win it. They do so well. The coaches go. We have to play that player, whoever it is. And so I'm cheering for for both of them. I'm I'm glad Drew Locke had a good day today, and I'm glad that he's doing. Like I said earlier, I'm glad he's doing the things that that he struggled with last year. Right. Of not taking the checkdowns, of not finding the open guy, of not scanning the field. One of the plays that I read about today was uh, a fourth and two play. You know, I know everybody wants to talk about the Cortland Sutton bomb, but a fourth and two play where you have to have a first down. This is a move the drill or, or move the ball drill. Or, yeah. And uh, and he started looking to the right. Everything's covered. Comes back to the left, finds Noah Fant wide open. That's what you want to see from Drew Locke. That, you know, he can make all the throws. He has a strong arm. He's athletic. He can hit the bomb over the top. Can he get to his second read and be accurate? That was one of my biggest questions going into this season, and he's done it. And uh, so, all right, well, we got some of these super chats piling up here. Well, Let's and it's like to- it's it's like Denzel Washington and Remember the Titans, right? When he's like talking to Sunshine, he's like, "Okay, you could throw it a mile, but you can't throw it five yards." Trying to teach him the option, like yeah. we know Drew has this arm, and something I am so sick of. He's got a big arm. Drew knows he has a big arm. It's been yep. Cutler esque, where his big arm has gotten him in trouble because in college. In high school, he's been able to outthrow and outgun absolutely everybody. But this right. week, if I'm being honest, I feel just a slight hesitation from Drew about that turnover, right? I'm kind of waiting for him to throw his first pick just to get it done with. So that yeah. way everybody's done with, oh, Drew threw his first pick. Shake it off, young fella. That's one thing I want Drew to really, really do, and he did a good job today. I had Drew Locke barely losing the competition yesterday. I know one of the only ones, the Drew Locke hater. Uh, but that's because here's the thing, Carl. Teddy doesn't need to do anything to win this job. He doesn't. That's just it. He needs to be him. He needs to be yeah. himself. Drew Locke, he's got everything to lose. So I am super enthused if I'm a Broncos fan, not just a Drew Locke fan, about today. When Drew Locke has a landslide victory, he needs to start putting a few of these together. And then as these bricks start to get forged, that's when coaches start to feel really good about making their decision. Right. All right. Well, we have Gage Madrid coming in here with the $5 Super Chat. Really appreciate that. He says, how's it going, gentlemen? Last few days, Trinity Benson's stock has been rising and Tyree Cleveland's has been falling. I really like Trinity. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, the, that wide receiver room, whoever makes those, you know, number five, number six, maybe even number seven, depending on how they do roster structure this year, uh, whoever wins those jobs, they're going to earn it. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's not going to be just handed to you of, oh, you're a draft pick. Here you go. And so, yeah, Cleveland, he's had quite a few drops so far. Can't be doing that. 
you know, I, I, I like Cleveland. I liked him coming out of college. I thought he was just in a really bad system and a bad fit. I thought if he was with like an Alabama or Clemson, he could have been one of those true stars out there. But at the same time, again, you, you've got limited practices. Go make an impression, and you got to make a good one. And thankfully, Trinity Benson's making that. I, I've liked that kid as well. And uh, so I'm excited to see whoever ends up winning those jobs there on the back end. Yeah, that's a great comment, Gage. I absolutely love it. I wrote about Trinity Benson a couple days ago in one of my camp journals. This guy is having a fantastic day. Wasn't out there today, but if I'm just assuming things, I assume he had a decent day today. Um, so that means check, 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 and check for Trinity Benson four days in a row. That's what a young man needs to not only make the team, but to start to get some playing time. And I start to wonder about Trinity Benson. And I asked Zach Kelberman this on the Huddle Up Pod a couple nights ago. Hey, man, can he return? Can he can he punt return, kick return? I know Deontay Spencer, he's been, you know, the punt returner forever, it feels like around here. But <laughs> you start to look for where guys can start making a difference. And special teams has got to be one of those things. Now, when it comes to Tyree Cleveland, I'm a little disappointed about Tyree Cleveland, if I'm being completely honest. Tyree Cleveland dropped a couple huge passes two days from Teddy Bridgewater. And I think if those passes were completed, maybe Teddy wins all three days um, just from the big splash plays, right? Yeah. If you're Tyree Cleveland, you need to watch out because there's a young man named Seth Williams who's quickly coming up on the roster as well. So that's not to say I'm taking a dump all over Tyree Cleveland because I like Tyree a lot. You saw just a glimpse of what this young man could do last year, but – I think he's having those problems that we would expect receivers to have when you're having three different quarterbacks throw you three different balls and you're yeah. a young wide receiver trying to figure out life in the NFL. So I'm willing to cut him a little bit of slack, man. But why is Brett Rippon out there wasting my reps? Uh, you know, Brett Rippon, nicest guy ever. Yeah. Uh, yeah right. We know he's going to be a coach one day. Smartest guy ever. But if it's a quarterback battle. For the love of God, can we just make sure that Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke are out there getting as many reps as they can? Because with the new CBA and everything, Carl, I got to tell you, these guys are not – it's not the most intense practice I've ever seen in the world. Uh, nothing right. reminiscent of the old days of Mike Shanahan and Greeley. <laughs> right. Well, you're talking sometimes each quarterback will get maybe 16 to 20 throws of team-oriented drills, 7-on-7 seven seven or 11-on-11. 11 11. That's not a lot of throw. I mean, they, they throw more <laughs> in a game than they do right. in a single practice kind of thing. So, yeah, you're right. With those limited rap, reps, you got to take advantage of them. Uh, I'm excited to see what some of these wide receivers do when the pads go on and they can be hit. Exactly. That's, that's when you really see. Because it's easy to make those catches when you know they can't touch you and that they're going to hold up on some plays. Yep. But when some of these safeties can actually lay the, the wood and do some fun things, you might see this this order begin to change a little bit. It's kind of yeah. how it goes in the NFL. Well, could someone tell K-Jack, for the love of God, not to hit his own teammates in, in camp? I mean, I, we remember what he did to, to was it A.J. Bouye last year. I mean, knocking him and the, the yeah. other uh, receiver out. But I just worry about that guy. That man is just straight reckless. I think he's going to have an awesome season. But we've got Anthony coming in with a $5 super. Appreciate you so much. Thank you for joining Carl and I on Mile High Insiders on Saturday night, part of Mile High Huddle. Go Broncos! Our good friend James Palmer said today that the word around the league is that the Broncos have one of the best rosters in the NFL, and I am hyped. Here's something that I immediately recognize from that comment right there, Anthony, and it's something that's been talked about and whispered about around there. 
which assets on the Broncos are tradable right now? If you start to look at needs around the league. Now, some good friends of mine are suggesting that maybe the New Orleans Saints need to place a call about one Tim Patrick. Of course, Tim Patrick, another receiver I wrote about in one of my camp journals, who's an alpha dog. He's an absolute yeah. beast. Who doesn't like Tim Patrick? I mean, raise your hand and all of Broncos country will shame you. But Tim Patrick is in his last year of his deal. He's going to get paid. Uh, he could start arguably on a good, I would say, 25 teams right now. Michael Thomas, he's got those injuries. You start to wonder a little bit about the running back position with the L.A. Rams. Uh, San Francisco 49ers, they're just completely stacked at running back. So I will say this, NFL rumor mill, I put some tweets out there a couple weeks ago. Royce Freeman. Rams are not interested in Royce Freeman. Perhaps another running back. I'm not. I'm still trying to get the feelers. But Melvin Gordon, everybody knows I've been hard on Melvin Gordon. Flash is looking great. Carl, there's not a single bad thing I can say about Melvin Gordon. I don't know if it was the haircut and he's feeling like, you know, new year, new me kind of a deal. But Melvin Gordon looking like an absolute beast in training camp right now. I don't know, man. Maybe he's trade bait. Maybe you want to hang on to him. I I don't know, but it's just hard for me to say a bad thing about Melvin Gordon. I can't even believe I'm yeah. saying that right now because I trashed the dude last year. Well, you know, his arms looked huge in the interviews. Uh, <laughs> so he, he definitely spent his offseason getting himself into shape. And I think part of that's his mom probably got after him of going, hey, you can't be fumbling that football. Get yeah. into shape. Go go earn your money, buddy. Um, and so uh, right now, I'm not really one that's wanting to trade too many players. You know, Cortland Sutton. You and I were talking about it before the show. That that knee's still bothering him some. They're going to have to really slow play that, and I think some of that could go into the season itself. And, and you can do that because you have a Tim Patrick, you've got Jerry Judy, you've got KJ Handler, who are all looking great. Then you've got some other young guys behind them that could still kind of sub in for some of those, those opportunities. But I just don't want to hurt a position of strength, possibly, especially when a guy's coming back from injury. And running back, you know, running back can get, very thin, very quickly. It's one of those positions that injuries stack up real quick. And uh, so uh, unless some team comes with a deal that you're just like, I can't pass this up. Like if the saints come and say, we will give you a second round pick for Tim Patrick, then I'm going, okay, here you go, Tim, have fun in new Orleans. How about a third? I feel like a third is probably a little more realistic than the second. I would do it. I'd pull the trigger on a third. Is that is that a little too low for you? Because you bring up a good point, Carl. Corlin Sutton's uncomfortable. If he's uncomfortable right now and you do need to hold him out a little bit, that elevates the status of one Tim Patrick, who can do Cortland-esque like things, right? I'm not right. going to call him Cortland Sutton, but when Jerry Judy was drafted in that first round, that signaled something to me. We're going to go on the rookie contract, especially when we go back-to-back wide receivers with one Jerry Judy and K.J. Hamler. K.J. Hamler, folks, Carl said it a minute ago, and I'm going to re-echo that. K.J. Hamler is looking fantastic. Do not worry about the 5 to 10 pounds of muscle that that man put on. He has not lost a step. He is laying out for passes. He is getting his team energized. He's John with some of these defenders, and I absolutely love it, Carl. So I think that's a really interesting point. Something you need to monitor with Cortland Sutton is that knee. And I was a little worried about him yesterday because he he's not quite as explosive. I don't think he's putting 100% on that leg just yet. And that's fine. I don't need yeah. him to. Uh, but then what's he do today? He goes out there right. and balls out of control. So it's finally nice to have depth. Maybe I need to cool my jets just a little bit. But Carl, we finally have so many toys now. The ones that aren't being played with, I just kind of want to get a little bit of value for. So I, I understand. 
yeah, something to look out for if you're a member of Broncos. Yeah, and, and we're big draft fans, so it's hard not to want to go get some of those draft, <laughs> draft picks and make that day yeah. fun. Uh, but uh, all right, we have Seth Harmon coming in here with the 499 Super Chat. Really appreciate that and appreciate all you guys do. And we appreciate you, Seth, and everybody that's in here today. Always, like I said, this is always fun for us. Like th- this is this is a dream to be able to come here yeah. and talk football. I had a guy earlier uh, this week that uh, here in town that listens to the shows and um, he just, we started talking some Bronco football and I told him, Hey, call me anytime. Cause like we could talk Bronco football all day. If you let us, <laughs> I really think like, <clears throat> we could just have a 24 hour live chat going kind of thing. But uh, no, we, we do. We appreciate all of you guys joining us and wanting to talk Bronco football with us. All right, well, we have Dennis Woods coming in here with the $5 Super Chat. What's up, uh, what have you seen or heard about Calvin Anderson? How yeah. is he doing? Yeah, that's, Calvin that's, Anderson. Uh, yeah, man, Calvin Anderson. Coach minced no words about it at the media barbecue, and he said, do not sleep on Calvin Anderson. And then the very next morning, Carl, Calvin Anderson is your starting right tackle to start training camp, something that I was a little surprised about, if I'm going to be completely honest. Now, I'm going to have my old man moment, my get-off-my-lawn moment with the offensive linemen and the hype videos, right? But hey, yeah. it worked for it worked for Garrett Bowles, right? <laughs> As someone who's very tight with Garrett Bowles, Calvin Anderson. Um, yeah. Calvin had a rough, rough first day, uh, probably because of the guy he was lined up against. Some guy named Von Miller. He tends yeah. to wreck practice if you're a right tackle. I remember my buddy <laughs> Orlando Franklin telling me a nauseum. He didn't think he could play in the league when he was drafted because of Von Miller. And Von just wrecks right tackles. So anytime you're getting experience against Von. That's a mental thing, and Calvin was able to shake that off. He did have a couple false starts, but Bobby Massey a couple days later. So Calvin Anderson actually got two days starting days at right tackle, something I was a little surprised about because Coach talked about getting Bobby Massey in the rotation for day two. Um, Calvin Anderson also taking reps as the swing tackle. I did see Calvin out there at left tackle while Bobby Massey was also in the game. So I like Calvin Anderson a lot. I'm not sure if he's going to be able to solidify his uh, status as a starter on this team, but there is no doubt in my mind that Calvin Anderson can be a swing tackle in the NFL for the next five to six years. Yeah, and and that's a valuable position, honestly, to have that kind of swing tackle that can play both right and left tackle and come in and not – I mean, obviously they're not going to be as good as a starter, otherwise they'd be the starter, but not completely destroy your offensive line the fact one guy goes out. Uh, and, and it's also nice where you can have a guy that you don't have to move half the guys on the offensive line to figure out how to get this guy into his best position. Uh, so, yes, the, whoever wins that job, whether it's Massey or Anderson or whoever, um, you know, it's nice that you can have a guy that you can trust to come in there as well and do okay. Well, and that's why I love Broncos country so much. Just another reason, Dennis Woods, that was an excellent question. Broncos country is the most educated NFL fan base. I I swear, I promise that. Something I talk about, I piss fans off all over the league when I'm traveling, scouting, and I don't care. Um, While everybody's talking about quarterback, here in Broncos country, we're also talking about right tackle. We're wanting to know which corner is going to be the other starting corner opposite Kyle Fuller. There are tons of positions right now. We're talking about the center battle, right? Uh, all kinds of things. So I absolutely love that, Dennis. Thank you so much. Be sure to keep it locked on here on MHI tonight. He is Carl. I am Luke. Be sure to find all our best work at milehighhuddle.com. If you want to get over to the mothership, get at milehighhuddle on Twitter. And we've got Aaron Lynch coming in here. Aaron, how you doing, buddy? Happy Saturday. Appreciate you joining Carl and I on MHI. Teddy or Locke or Captain whoever. <laughs> you should want the guy lining up behind center to ball out. 
Sort yourselves out, Broncos country. And you know what? I'm going to do that again. Sort yourself out, Broncos country. Listen to my man, Aaron Lynch, because A.A. Ron is telling some truth here. Um, this is a talented roster, Carl. We know that. We know that the defense is great on paper. Uh, we know that this team has swag, whether it's got energy, all this other stuff. Quarterback competition is ultimately frowned upon in the NFL, especially when you're right. looking at a retread quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater and a potential second round bust in Drew Locke, um, both air quotes for both of those. But uh, it's one of those things where they're having similar days, Drew Locke and Teddy. I mean, we've had four practice, so I would argue they've had two similar days and two terrible days. Uh, yep. So they're really neck and neck right now. I don't care. Who wins? Uh, someone asked me today on Twitter, Carl, and I'm sure you've been getting it. Everybody's been getting it. Who do you want to win? The best quarterback is who yeah. I want to win. Like, <laughs> I have nothing personally invested in Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater. And I see Kenneth Patterson. We have the same last name, brother. Don't come at me so hard in the comment section saying Luke just loves to hate on Drew Locke. It's not true, brother. I actually wanted Drew Locke in the first round. Can you imagine, Carl, if we got Drew Locke in the first round and we're still having these conversations? So for me, no, it's not any ego thing or personal thing. I wish I could have been out there. I'm jealous that I didn't get to see Drew Locke balling out today because when Drew's balling well and he's throwing and gunslinging and dealing and, and the team energy is up. Yeah, teammates well, respond to Drew, and I wanted to see that, and I like to see that, but I want to see him do it two days in a freaking row, Carl. Is that too right. much to ask? Teddy Bridgewater, do it two days in a row. Yep, and, and that's the thing is, I mean, we've seen the highs of Drew where, like, the Houston game, four touchdowns, uh, big plays all over the field, hitting guys left and right. We've seen him with the, the Carolina game where, again, another uh, four-touchdown game just – you, you see the good. I mean, you see the, the promise of what he could become. It's always been the consistency side of things. He can. I, I always knew he could go out there and have a great practice. He could go out there and launch a ball 40 yards down the field, hit a guy in stride, and, and it'd just be great. We, we just need to see the day in, day out, him be able to do that where he can make the team believe every week this guy's going to show up. So then we better show up too yeah. to really back him up. Well, and here's something that I do like about Drew, and he talked about it this week at one of the press conferences. He talked about growing up a little bit. Uh, he talked about, you know, getting some some grown man strength, if you will, or, you know, getting a few hairs on his chinny, chin, chin. And, you know, and he's, of course, poking fun of himself a little bit. But I like that. He's he's not only, you know, diffusing his haters, which apparently is me. Um, he He's giving a little bit of insight as to his his maturation process not only as a man but as a quarterback something Vic Fangio has talked about as well yes you can learn things in the locker room but how do you apply them on the field how do you react with those split second decisions and some things that I'm tired of seeing there's some things with Drew Locke I don't want to see anymore get rid of the ball in under 4.1 seconds Drew Locke was one of the least sacked quarterbacks in all of the NFL he held on to the ball, I think, second or third longest in the league last year. So that's a problem. Drifting right, that's a problem, too. Defenders yep. know it. They see it. We chart. Carl, you chart the fil film. I chart the film. Nick charts the film. We do this two, three times every week, and I see some of the same mistakes. Where I'm seeing some of the improvements, though, is he's starting to manipulate the pocket a little bit. He's sliding around. He's sliding up. I'm seeing footwork. Finally, that's been cleaned up. And sometimes I feel like Drew is so honed into that that footwork. 
that he's missing a few reads because he's thinking yep. on his three-step, five-step drops. And I like that because even though he's still making a mistake, his internal processor is moving. What do I need to do first? My, I need to get the snap. I need to make my pre-snap reads. I need to use my footwork, things like that. Those are things that I really, really like from Drew because that tells me, one, yeah, he's been putting in the work. We know about that. Peyton Manning called him. I don't care. That, whatever. Now I'm starting to see some of those results. Potential gets you fired in the NFL. Drew Locke needs to make sure he translates potential over to production. Yeah. All right. Well, we have Kane Dawson coming in here with the $2 Super Chat. I appreciate you fellas and all of the MHH family. Again, appreciate all of you guys as well. Thank you. And uh, just all that you guys bring to the table. And then we got Riley Malloy coming in here with the 199 Super Chat. Colts could trade for Teddy. Yeah, they, they might be on the, the lookout for a quarterback. Um, you know, I can you believe hey, that? If Drew Locke, if Drew Locke wins the job, if you know here in a week, like, hey, Drew Locke is our guy, we're sticking with him. You know, it, it's not beyond the realm of, of reality. If the Colts call and say, hey, we want to give up again a second, third round pick for, for Teddy Bridgewater, it's going, hey, we traded a sixth round pick for this guy. Now we're getting a second or third round pick for him. <clears throat> then you go ahead and do that. If it's not something like that, though, I'm not trading him because you like to have that quality backup. You like having that veteran in the room. And Drew Locke hasn't exactly shown that he can stay healthy. You know, two seasons, two injuries. And Teddy's not the greatest guy staying healthy either, obviously. <laughs> so both <laughs> these guys, you know, e even if one of them wins, it wouldn't surprise me if we see both at some point this season anyway. So yeah, uh, it's going to take a, an offer that wows me to make Riley, me want to go ahead and go that direction. Yeah, Riley, I absolutely love it, man, because you're showing your, you know, again, Broncos country, most intelligent fan base in the NFL. Riley's like me, right? He's trying to figure out where he can get the most bang for his buck. And Colt Carson Wentz, man, I, Wish I could have said, hey, I called this one coming, but hey, um, <laughs> you know, it, it's one of those things where the Broncos aren't sure who their starting quarterback's going to be. They're not going to trade away the guy who would lose that competition to be the backup. Um, uh, the coaches and the players both like Teddy Bridgewater. I know Broncos country don't want doesn't want to hear that. They like Drew Locke, too. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But Teddy's been here for, what, a minute? And he's already like best friends with all the guys on the team. He's down there yep. yucking it up with Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson. And they're not telling jokes, Carl. They're literally coaching each other up. Teddy's right. telling the DBs what he's seeing. DBs are telling him what they're seeing when he's doing certain things. Then he's down there with the defensive linemen talking with Shelby Harris, Mike Purcell. Mike Purcell, get better, baby. We need that ankle to feel better. Uh, no time, no time turn table on that just yet uh but it's it's one of those things where i'm seeing that synergy i know that the coaches like teddy as well um teddy's teddy he's comfortable he's never too high he's never too low he's right here and yep. drew's drew's been high he's been low one thing though that's really pissed me off about drew lock and i just got to get this off my chest right everybody loved the teddy quote the other day with i'm a survivor you know i'll come out in the you throw me in the jungle i'll come out with a fur coat on and <laughs> headband full of leaves i absolutely love it and i think yeah. dmac right that asked drew the same question you deserve to be the starting quarterback and drew is humble and gave his humble answer and i wanted drew to be like you're damn right i should be the, the starting quarterback <laughs> my work is going to show you i may not have had the best day today but just wait until the pads come on next week uh yeah. because that's the confidence i want out of drew that's not swag but Zach Kelberman, our own, you know, and Chad pump my brakes a little bit because they're like, whoa, 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 Luke. You know, if Drew said that, everyone would be torching him all over Twitter and everything else, just like Teddy right now with his three interceptions. So I completely get it, man. It, it's 
Teddy and Drew get along. That's something that I like yep. too. And something Broncos country take note of those two get along. So why can't we all get along when it comes to this quarterback <laughs> competition and speaking of getting along uh, a guy that I'm really, really glad hopped into the stream. Gavin, what's up, buddy? Uh, 199 super Gavin. I've gotten to meet with Gavin and rap with Gavin for what, two or three days of training camp. And nice. um, dude, Gavin knows I'm asking, right? Like deep questions. Who's this third stringer with the number? I don't know. Gavin's answering for me. Nice. Uh, he's like, Oh, this is so-and-so. And, um, I mean, just a committed member of Broncos country, an absolute gentleman. Uh, appreciate your support, Gavin, and appreciate you saying hello. And if you see us out there and Carl's going to be out there next week, guys, spoiler alert, come say hello because, uh, your support means the world to us. And, um, we're just happy that football is back. And I know Gavin's happy football is back. Gavin's asking me the other day, uh, question I haven't been asked in years. Hey man, who do you think, uh, who's your favorite matchup right now with the receivers? And I'm just like, Duh, A, B, C, or D. I mean, Tim Patrick's out there. I'm looking to see who's on him. Uh, Jerry Judy's out there. I mean, KJ Hamler. I feel like LeBron in the Miami, you know, yeah. right now. Not one, not two, not three, not four. They got so many different matchups. So yeah. when we got guys like Gavin out there and Gage out there and Orange Crush out there, it's absolutely awesome, Carl. I love it. Yeah. Well, speaking of another one that we love on this show, Stu McPeak coming in here with the 999 Super Chat. Hi, y'all. Uh, hi, right back at you, man. Really appreciate seeing you in the in the the chat here. And uh, just Stu, man, what I, do you I think? Can't... What do you think, buddy? I want to uh, get in the chat real quick. What do you think of the quarterback competition? Because Stu is a diehard member of Broncos country, too. And I see Gage up in here. I hope to be there on Tuesday, day one of pads. And Stu, let us know, dude, because Stu's been with us specifically on MHI since day one. And I'll never forget that, man. It's it's hard, Carl, as you know. I know you've been in the this business for a long, a long time now. And I've been bouncing around from publications, different stations and things like that. But it's hard when you just start up a podcast, man, and you hope that one gets going and collects some steam. And uh, it's the support from guys like Stu, from guys like Gage, Gavin, everybody else, Pobby, you know, all of our super yeah. chat superstars that allow us to do what we do cover the Broncos. Right. Well, yeah, Nick and I've been doing this since uh, I think it was 2016, the Paxton Lynch days. <laughs> oh, God. And uh, debating that quarterback battle. My oh, guy, boy. Trevor, my guy, Trevor Simeon, right? Yeah. Like, yep. uh, right. Okay. So who were you? Right. As we, so I was the guy, hands up, full disclosure, right. Was it the game against the Dallas Cowboys? I'm like with right there. I'm right there in the foxhole stink. Right. I'm like, pay him, pay Trevor, you know, right here. Uh -huh. I'm eating that crow. Were you a Paxton Lynch guy? Or were you a Trevor Simeon guy? I was a Paxton Lynch guy. I right. still owe Nick lots and lots of adult beverages because I bet that Paxton Lynch would turn into something good for the Broncos and be their long-term answer. So I really, that's one of my worst moments in football when it comes to like football takes. Yeah, that, that but, one came you back know to what? bite me. You know what? You weren't alone. Some guy named John Elway. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of him. I, and that's the thing. That's the coolest thing. Carl's Carl's NFL draft analyst as well. So we nerd out on that. And Carl, I, I'm sure you've already started on next year's class because you guys are yep. insane. I don't start until December. You guys are <laughs> I thought I was a, a draft junkie and then I met you guys and I'm like, you guys are crazy. Yeah. Um, but no, man, that's the thing. You you hit and you miss. And that's something that the Broncos have done. And they're starting to hit a lot more than they've missed when it comes right. to adding some players. Carl, when's the last time the Broncos have had an offensive line that can protect a quarterback? When's the last time that when's the last time they've had more than like three corners that are healthy? They're not just signing guys off the street. It's absolutely crazy to see 
the transformation that George Payton is making with the Denver Broncos. And as we speak about defensive backs, John Houston is in the house with the 299 Super. Appreciate you so much, John. Hopefully you're having a terrific summer. What's the word on how Pat Sertan is doing? Well, the word is the guy's a freak. He's a monster. He's an absolute beast. I can tell you right now, I feel extremely vindicated not taking Justin Fields over Pat Sertan. I don't care about 50-50 battle. This guy's the real deal, guys. Um, it's already been reported, so hopefully I don't get in trouble with Broncos PR or anything. But this guy's out there covering tight ends. He's covering slot receivers. He's coming. He's covering the perimeter. Heck, He's in there at the eight-man box every once in a while, Carl, getting some <laughs> LB reps, something that looks weird because he's a big corner too, dude. This guy's got size. And for all you Caleb Farley fans that were just chirping me last winter, I told you so, told you so, told you so. Pastor Tan's the real deal, guys. You should be really, really excited about PS2. Uh, he's a cerebral player. You know he's got the genetics. But this man is lining up number one in every single uh, – line drill he's commanding the respect of not only his teammates but his coaches and they cannot pull him off the field carl so you've got yeah. one of two choices for your starting cornerback because you know um bryce callahan's going to be in the slot right you know kyle fuller's going to be on the perimeter so do you want to play ronald darby a corner that you play you paid significant dollars to to come over here to the denver broncos or you want to play your first round pick in PS2. That's a decision that the Broncos are going to make right now. Just looking at practice, it looks like PS2 is going to be that starting corner. Yeah. I I mean, if, if I really had to make that choice, probably early on in the season, I'm sticking with Darby. Um, and some of it might be a matchup thing. Let's say Broncos are playing the chiefs. I, I trust Darby a lot more to go against Tyreek Hill with that speed than I do Sertan. Just Darby has that long speed that can actually go down the field and keep up with them <clears throat> and just kind of ease Sertan into this kind of season, I guess, a little bit. But uh, but even there, I mean, I, I, I expect the Broncos to play a ton of dime this year. Yes, that, that now, could be their base package, Carl. Yeah, I, mean, I, I really think spot on, yeah, dude. Yeah, I think by the end of the year, you're probably looking at like 65 percent of snaps are going to be in dime formation. And now it's going to hurt the, the run defense. Don't expect the Broncos to be number one in run defense this season. I, I just, I'm already preparing myself that teams are probably <laughs> going to say, hey, we've got to run on this team because we can't pass on them. Right. And, but I do expect Sertan to be down there playing some linebacker almost, playing that, that slot safety at different times. And, and that's nice to hear that, that he's having all that thrown at him and he's handling it well. Like most rookies, their head is spinning with one position. You throw four or five at one guy, and you don't expect him to actually be successful. But Sertan, like I said, I'm hearing he's smart, hardworking, listens yep. to coaches, mm -hmm. does all the right things that you want for a guy that can be a true face of your franchise moving forward. Guys, his teammates are shocked. You know, I'm not going to name names, but I'm hearing through, you know, the rumor mill guys are saying we've never seen a rookie come in and pick things up like this. I wrote about it on myhighhuddle.com. I said that he would shatter the rookie mold of what being a cornerback, a starting cornerback in this league is going to look like. And yeah, I hear what you're saying. Maybe you want to ease him into it because um, 
man, getting beat, something that's going to happen in the NFL, no matter the position, you don't want that to affect a young man's confidence. So I, I think that you bring a, a definite logic and level-headedness when you say maybe you just want to ease him into it. But I want to see how those preseason games look. But I'm seeing yep. PS2 lined up against his old teammate, Jerry Judy. I get goosebumps <laughs> just talking about it. Um, yep. They're running. They're running together, and it's hard to see who's going to beat who. Uh, KJ Hamler, the only time I saw PS2 kind of get beat – uh, like really get beat, almost burned, if you will, is with KJ Hamler. And it's just because KJ Hamler was going on a slant route and he took full advantage of the zone coverage. So yeah. I loved it because PS2, he he stuck to his guns with his defensive assignment, but KJ Hamler showing that he's starting to understand a little bit more of the intricacies of where he can start to manipulate defenses, and especially in the middle of the field, Carl. And I appreciate the question, John, because everybody wants to know how the number one draft pick, Pat Sertan, is doing. And can we talk about how weird it is to see a number two still as a cornerback i'm trying to get used to yeah. all these numbers i don't are you doing okay with that because i'm struggling i'm you know I, I see 23 out there i still think it's michael ojamudia and yeah you know you got ps2 at number two and what you got jalen ramsey wearing number seven or something like that or you know like it's just right it's new and i don't like change i fear change carl so i'm having a hard time yeah i'm, I'm having to check the uh the depth chart and what number is who a little bit more this year than, than most years. Um, so, but all right, here's another draft pick for the Broncos this year yes. coming in from Kane Dawson, super chat. Thanks, Kane. Uh, it says I'm so hyped for Caden Stearns who just got his first interception in training camp. Was yep. it two days yesterday? Yeah. Two yesterday, days, two days ago, two days ago. And I yep. can't wait to see what he brings to not just special teams, but fight for starts this season. Hashtag win the West. I love it. I love Yeah. So what's interesting about that, and you guys all go back and look at it because this you can go back and at least like get just a little bit of the intricacy. They've been miking up the coaches, and I love that. Did you see Mike Munchak mic'd up? That was freaking awesome. He's kind of giving Garrett yeah. Bowles some grief. Vic Fangio's like, you're not even gonna help your own guy up and all this other stuff. Go back and look at Ed Donatel, Ed the Don mic'd up and he's talking about Caden Stern's first interception on a Brett Rippon throw that was atrocious and uh Ed, Ed the Don kind of telling uh Caden Stearns hey man that you better have made that interception because it was right there for you but at the same time he was celebrating the rookie success he was trying to get right. the ball for him hey can we keep that ball and I think it was flip right it was like no you can't keep the ball it's a practice ball uh, so it's kind of kind of funny but you see that and that's a good thing it's also weird to see number 30 right in the defensive backfield I think that's Caden mm -hmm. Stearns right now um What's the biggest concern with Caden Stearns coming out of the draft? It's been his tackling, right? At least for me. They, they like to see him as a ball hawk receiver, at least. I think that's how they've described him. Would you say that's a fair well, assessment? If I remember right, he didn't have a single interception in college. Right, but they're describing and, him as a ball hawk. I know, it's, which is so weird. And he can't tackle, but he's not a good tackler either. So, yeah. like, maybe it's his frame. He's got, he's got, you know, he doesn't have the Justin Simmons height to him. I definitely don't think yeah. him, think of him as a strong. He's more of a free. But Caden Stearns, man, that's that's a guy that you need to watch out for because we know Kareem Jackson is on the last year of his deal. He's probably on his way out. You know, Bryce Callahan, last year of his deal. Uh, right. Kyle Fuller. He's on a one-year deal. So you're going to have a lot of turnover in the secondary next year. So you start to look at the next the next generation, if you will, and Caden yeah. Stearns, who could very well be playing with Justin Simmons. I still am holding out hope for Michael Ojemudia. I'm still pissed off that Vic had him in the doghouse last year because I don't think he deserved all of that. But I just – 
One thing that yeah. I'm hearing a lot too is maybe Mike Ojemudi will play a little safety. You yeah. know, if he's struggling and, at corner, he's got that intellect, he's got that height, and you know, Lord knows he's from Iowa, so Nick loves him. Uh, <laughs> but but it's it's one of those things where the secondary you need to pay attention with these guys' development this year because while you may not see a lot of them this year, you're going to see a bunch of them next year. Yeah, and you know, if there's the other guy, Jamar Johnson, that hasn't seen the field yet because of of COVID protocols. And uh, I'm excited to see him on the field as well. So, you know, it's nice. The Broncos have options. They have some young guys that have, I mean, Caden Stearns, the biggest thing he has going for him, he's an athletic freak. I mean, one of the more athletic guys that the Broncos drafted, and they drafted a lot of athletic freaks this this draft. And uh, so... You know, does that he's scare got- you? Does that scare you at all? And the reason I ask is because when he is athletic, and usually that's a really good thing, right? But I think back to John Elway, right, and drafting mm-hmm. athletes. And do you want athletes or do you want football? You football players. I, you want both, right? Like, yeah, ideally, yeah. you want both. You don't want just some guy who's stiff as a board and can't move, but can lay the wood. And then you don't want a guy who's an all perennial track star who can never get on the field either. You want someone in between. So can we give these guys a little bit of grace? (laughs) Yeah. I'm willing like a Caden Stearns guy who had quite a few years of of starting there in college and got some opportunities with that. um, I'm I'm willing to let the Broncos try to develop him, take a chance on him, Mm -hmm. then go get the player like Jamar Johnson, who showed he could be a ball hawk, that he has some pretty good football instincts back there. You know, pair those kind of guys together and see which one maybe develops. You know, you're hoping one of the two. Probably not both. Maybe both. Maybe you get lucky both of them develop. But one of the two turn into something for the Broncos. So that's kind of, you know, it's kind of like with pairing KJ Hamler with Jerry Judy. You hope one of those guys can turn into a star. Yeah. Maybe both, but it's most likely one of them. Yeah, and I think it's a safe a safe strategy. That's a safe strategy, Cotton. We'll see how it works out for him. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but no, man, I, I appreciate the question. And uh, Aaron Lynch coming in here is we're kind of in our last segment of the show, guys. This, this hour always flies by. And as Carl said, man, we could sit up here and flap our gums all day about the Denver Broncos because, well, it's not just one position battle going on. There's a lot of different position battles. But let's talk about the elephant in the room. Aaron Lynch with a $5 super. Drew Locke's ceiling is what throws a wrench in the quarterback conversation. So it might not be a who wins training camp thing. If it's relatively close, it goes to Drew Locke. That's interesting, Aaron, because uh, you're using your brain, something that I absolutely love, and it's tough, something that we've all agonized over when Aaron Rodgers was ultimately staying in Green Bay of, oh, God, here we go. Now I've got to go home and write and and take all the heat about who won today and who didn't win today. And my good friend Nick Ferguson refuses to even say who won the day because he's looking at the totality. So he's Switzerland, right? And it drives me absolutely nuts because our job is to tell you and report the honest truth. So I agree with what you're saying, Aaron. I I hear you. Locke's ceiling is definitely higher than Teddy's. We know what Teddy can do. But I don't know what Drew Locke can do, and that's a little scary for me. I know that he has all of the tools, something that you've referenced as well, but I just need to see that potential translate over to production. So if Drew can come out on Monday and Tuesday, all right, man, now we've got some momentum going, and now we got things clicking and firing. But if he doesn't, and Teddy just is steady and nice and easy, Vic Fangio is going to go with Teddy Bridgewater. Why? 
because Vic Fangio wants to stay employed. Um, yeah. <laughs> Vic Fangio, like straight up, he has not won a, a game in the month of September. So before everybody starts talking Super Bowl playoffs, can we talk about going 500 before that happens? Something that, that's grinding me just a little bit because, yes, it's the season of new- renewal. I feel like Chris Collinsworth and Madden right now and everything yeah. like that. But look, guys, this is a team that has a lot of holes, starting with ownership down to the coaching and mm-hmm. you know we can have the most talented crew in the world but if you have a leaderless ship and no one's steering that ship it's hard to figure out where you're ultimately going so yes i feel comfortable with george payton i'm not as comfortable with vic fangio because i don't know who's going to make this call do you know who's going to make this call is it going to be vic fangio is it going to be pat Shermer? I, I, we know it's not going to be george payton um yeah. I, like I, who who makes the call? Is it a voting thing? Does Mike Munchak and you know Pat Shermer hash it out? It's just it's bizarre because we know Vic Fangio doesn't care about the offense, Carl. That's just yeah. straight up. So who names I, the starting quarterback? I I would say I mean Vic is the final say on everything, but I mean if I'm him, I'm bringing in all the offensive coaches and saying, hey, every one of us should know our jobs are on the line here. If your job is on the line, who do you want starting for you? And then take that vote. And, and you know, I, I would trust my offensive staff that they know what they're looking at. And, and I, I mean, Vic knows quarterbacks. He's played against every quarterback for like the last, what, 30, 40 years, it seems like. Mm-hmm. So he, he knows what he's looking at, too. Um, but I just I would. I'd trust my offensive staff with some of that, get their input on what they want to decide. Um, but if it is close, yeah, I, I don't know how that's actually going to go because do you go with the guy that you think is going to be steady and you can go win with defense and run game yes. or do you want the guy that can go out there and, you know, throw a lot of touchdowns, but maybe a lot of interceptions too. I, I don't know. It, it's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out, especially if it is close at the end of training camp. You know, if one of these guys doesn't run away with it and we're sitting here debating who should win the job, right. I'm interested to see who they go with. Well, and you talk about trust. Do we trust Pat Shermer to make that decision? I don't. And if I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking Pat Shermer's probably leaning more towards Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy's probably more likely to get Pat Shermer another job than Drew Locke is if I'm looking at it through Pat Shermer's lens. Now, yeah. I'm not saying Pat Shermer's a selfish individual, a bad man. I don't know Pat. I've never talked to him, never met him. I wish the best. I hope he comes out and has a great year. Heck, he's been dialing up some screen passes. I can't believe it. So I'm already proud of him for that. But it's just one of those things, man, where it's hard to say because when you don't have that coaching staff, Mike Shula, you know, what's his opinion worth? I would argue that man knows quarterbacks and Cam Mm -hmm. Newton is emphatic that Mike Shula saved his career, the start of his career to this day. So, um, you know, I wrote about it in the offseason, too. Maybe Mike Shula's looking at an elevated role with the Broncos in the future. Don't know. Pure speculation. But it's going to be interesting as time will start to reveal who that quarterback will be. And as we wrap up, we've got Seth Harmon coming in with a 499 Super Carl, what do you expect from Baron Browning this season? We know that Baron Browning isn't out there right now. He's off to the side with Bradley Chubb. I think I saw him running gassers the other day. Saw some reports, and don't at me, bro. I can't stand it when everybody ats me, bro, with other media members and everything like that. And First things first, don't get it twisted. Everybody's a bunch of puppy dogs here in the Denver media. We might sound tough over Twitter, but when we're all together at training camp, we're all getting along. We're all shaking hands, having cold pops after. So it's never, ever personal. I saw Ben 
um, put something out there like maybe the staff per sources are looking at leaning Baron Browning towards an outside linebacker role. Something I think is an absolute mistake and travesty. And I will be disgusted. Justin Hollins. If that happens, um, what do you think, Carl? What are you expecting from Baron Browning? And what do you think his role will be as a rookie with Vic Fangio? So if we're looking at what is the best opportunity for Baron Browning to get snaps this season, it is going to be that outside linebacker spot, the edge rusher kind of position. Because one, Broncos are not very deep at that position. You know, there's a lot of unknown past the top two, top three, I guess you they should had- say. They had Tuska out there the other day. Like, because yeah. yeah, so you had Vaughn on an off day, you had Chubb out. So I'm like, okay, what? You got Malik Reed and Derek Tuska, you know, right. and Jonathan Cooper on the end. That, you're right. That's a lean position. Right. So if he wants to get snaps on defense this season, that is probably his best bet. Plus, one of his biggest struggles last season for Ohio State was he doesn't have the greatest instincts, partly because Ohio State moved him around so much. Yeah. I, I hate when colleges do that because. It it just, it doesn't help the player. It it doesn't give them the best opportunity for their future. Maybe it helps the team, but it doesn't help the player. You're exactly right. The stock and you and I, like, I, I don't know. I was shocked at least when we were covering draft on these very airwaves and I'm like Baron Browning, second round, third round, fourth, you know? And I'm like, wow, linebackers, just Jeremiah Wusukoromoa. I mean, like to Nick Kendall's point, because I love to make fun of Nick, he all he it drives me crazy saying Nick was right, but with the linebacker as the key value position, right? And then you're seeing what the Tampa Bay Bucks did to the KC Chiefs and everything like that. You saw that a little bit with the draft this last year, and you're right. Ohio State didn't do Baron Browning any favors, Carl. Right. So for for his best bet, it would be edge. Throw in because the Broncos want to play so much dime, that off ball linebacker spot doesn't need as many guys. If you got three guys, which they have right now with Jewel, Johnson, and and Sternod, you don't need a whole lot there. He, he's just it. not going to get a whole That's lot of it. snaps. You're good with those three? I'm not. Which one of those three can cover tight ends? I know I just sat here and said Pastor Tan's got your back, but you know I got Lloyd Cushenberry out there knocking Alexander Johnson on his ass yesterday, something I absolutely loved, because what did we need to see from Lloyd Cushenberry? He needed to be nastier, nicest guy in the, in the world, right? But it's just, man, instant. Inside linebackers tough for me, brother. It really yeah. is because Alexander Johnson is a is a run defense machine. So he's you got to rely on him for that run defense. Josie Jewell right. is outperforming any of our expectations and seemingly has been in the lab every year. And I don't know how he becomes better, you know, despite his physical limits. So I just worry about stretching that inside linebacker. Uh, core just super super thin because if I'm looking at it Carl what linebacker have the Denver Broncos given Vic Fangio to really work with this is linebacker god right this guy that can produce linebackers the last 20-30 years and I know the dome patrol happened when I was still in the womb but I haven't seen it yet man it's just it's frustrating to me I don't want to see a Justin Holland scenario where you mess with this young man and then he's off the team because his teammate Jonathan Cooper was brought here to be on the edge so yes he can rush the edge rush the edge but I just I I go back to where coach talked right after the draft saying I don't know I I I don't know where we're going to put him. We're going to have to figure that out. Um, I guess it's a good problem, ultimately, right? Because he's versatile as opposed to one-dimensional. Right. Well, it just depends. For the Broncos, do they care about what he does this year, or do they care about years two through four? 
Good question. Because that, that to me is where you play him at that point. But all right, we got a lot of super chats to get to as we're, we're winding down our time. We got John Houston coming in here with the 299 super chat. So is Wentz out all year or something? Is he done? Um, last I heard, and I, I haven't checked the reports here today, is he's going to miss significant time. Maybe yeah. half the season kind of thing. Um, Who's their number so, two? Who's their number two quarterback out there in Indy right now? Uh, Eason from Washington. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you got to love it, Colts fans. You cannot make this stuff up. And anytime I get throw shade on the Colts, I will, because they are kind of our sister station uh, with Chad Jensen taking some responsibilities over there with the Colts as well. Um, yeah, man, Carson Wentz. That's tough. That's a tough deal if you're indie because they've got some pieces in place as well, and you're starting to see these injuries. Knock on wood. When I am out there at Broncos camp, that's the only thing I really want at the end of the day. No one get hurt, for the love of God, please. We know injuries are going to happen, Carl. It's part of the game. Freak injuries, though, have just bit the Broncos, going back from Vaughn to Cortland's shoulder. Um, I mean, everything in between. It's just something I can feel. You know, I, I, the hesitation and maybe that's why practice is a little lighter than I'm used to it being. Uh, maybe they're just being a little extra careful with guys. I don't yeah. know, man, but it's it's tough because you don't you plan on injuries happening, but you're never ready for them. Something that the Broncos are trying to get through is camp marches ahead. Yeah, it's one of those since a lot of these players are in their second year in the system. I don't think you have to push as hard on some things. Now you're still just, you're just working on the little details right. on getting the system right and getting people in the right position. And uh, you know, you got some guys that are coming back from injury of a Chubb, uh, Sutton, Von Miller, all those kind of guys. And so you, you do want to kind of ease them into, you know, you, you want to win in September, but of course it's, it's important to be winning in December too. And you don't want to be without those guys. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's, Ooh, I always Tim, go back and forth of how much to to push players during training camp. Look at Tim Durr in here. I like his his comment. Let the Colts trade for Minshew because, uh, of course, everybody's seen Gardner Minshew with that. You know, haven't taken a beep in you know two weeks because yeah. number two. Uh, so I love it, Tim. I love it. At Broncos country staying awake um, as we march on on our Saturday night and always looking at the news in the NFL. I absolutely love it. He's Carl. I'm Luke. It's MHI on Saturday nights. Carl, you can always find him with Building the Broncos on Tuesday nights. You can find his written work at milehighhuddle.com. And I appreciate Carl stepping in. And as we start to head on out, be sure to grab yourself a hat like Carl and I have at huddleuppod.com. Get your swag on. Get yourself a coffee mug. Grab something for your wife, your significant other, your baby, all kinds of good stuff. If you're joining us today via YouTube, subscribe, like, and share. Get at us on Facebook as well. Click those little thumbs up. And be sure to give us some reviews on Spotify, uh, iTunes, wherever you guys get your podcasts. Because those reviews, we take them to heart. We read them. We want to improve. We want to hone in on our craft as well. And hit that like button. And look, guys, we love Super Chats. They're absolutely uh, critical to supporting what we do. But you know what we love more? We love interacting with you guys. So be sure to get at Carl on Twitter. Get at me on Twitter as well. Um, we're always wrapping football. It doesn't matter if it's midnight, 4 in the morning, 6 p.m., Saturday night. We get things going. And the Huddle Up Boys will be back tomorrow. I think that's uh, 
Zach and Chad. And then what you've got, I think Chad's book corner, I think is going on on Sunday as well. We've got so many shows and we've got guys and gals mm -hmm. working over the night uh, across the seas. I don't know if Broncos country always knows that, but I like to reference since um, we've got a couple gentlemen that when we're sleeping, they are literally grinding on Broncos tape, film and articles. Be sure to get a milehighhuddle.com. And Carl, I can't thank you enough, man. I, I texted you earlier in the week because I was so excited to do a show with you. It's been so long since yeah. we've gotten on, man. And anytime we can mix these shows up, we have an absolute blast because we love to raise hell. We love to josh each other, but more importantly, we love football and we love yeah. talking football with our guys and gals in MHH. Yeah, that's for sure. And I, I just appreciate you. Let me come on here from mile high insiders. It has been too long since we've gotten the chance to, to do a show together. And, uh, and I'm excited, hopefully this Friday to possibly be out there, get to see you live in person. Yeah. And shake that hand. And uh, the, the two beards unite. I'm going to have to and grow mine out a little bit more. Yours is looking <laughs> looking pretty good. Yeah, no, Carl will be out in Denver next week, fellas and ladies. Be sure to come join him. Say hello. Shake his hand. Take a picture with him, Carl and I. I'm sure you'll be able to find some videos, some cool stuff that we've got coming down the pike as well. Um, but most importantly, Carl... I love building the Broncos on Tuesday nights because I love the I love the Josh Nick for everything that he says, and uh, I love to watch you put him in his place. So be sure to get Carl um, with building the Broncos on Tuesday nights as well. And more importantly, Broncos country as we start to head out, and I stop flapping my gums, and you guys go enjoy your Saturday night. This is football we're talking about here. Remember, let's never make it personal. Um, don't know Drew. Don't know Teddy. I'm sure they're the nicest guys in the world, but either way. We need them to be absolute killers on the football field next week. Drew Locke, can you keep that momentum going? Teddy Bridgewater, can you bounce back? Or have we seen the best? Only time will tell. He's Carl. I'm Luke. Always believe in that mile high magic.